You're listening to the Philly Young Adults Podcast. Our goal for this podcast is to create content that would equip our listeners for the Christian life. Our hope and prayer is that these conversations, topics, testimonies, and scripture readings help you grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the Philly Young Adults Podcast. We are into season three. If you have not checked out the first episode yet, we highly encourage you to go back and stream that. It is a very helpful setup for this entire season. We're going to take several weeks to talk about the idea of maturity in the Christian life, maturity in the young adult Christian life, but clearly anybody listening, this could apply at the different stages you find yourself in. And today we wanted to go over maturity as it connects to having your own personal walk with Jesus. And a major focus of what we want to tackle today is that the is the personal aspect of your walk with Christ, owning it as your own, you and him and doing life under following his leadership and his lordship and how that connects to you maturing as a person. So as we were sort of sitting around in our little preliminary meeting before we hit record, uh, Josh had something that he sort of dug up that sets up something that's important to talk about before we talk about uh, the other things we had today. So why don't you hit it? All right. So first Peter chapter two, verses one through three, I think he gives us um, and some important points there about growing and maturing on our walk, but there's one particular point in verse 3 where he says this. I'll just read the first three verses in chapter 2 in First Peter. He says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. So these are things that can hinder us in our growth. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, If indeed, here's the important point for today's topic, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So before we talk about growing in our walk with the Lord, we have to make sure, have have I had that personal experience and tasted and seen that the Lord is good? David Guzik in his commentary on this verse says, if we have received from God and have tasted personally experienced that the Lord is gracious, then we have great reason and responsibility to receive the word in the enthusiastic way that babies receive their milk. To go one step further, First John chapter 2, he answers this question as well as, do we know him? How do I know if I know him or I've experienced the Lord? He says this, now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So there we see if we have a desire to obey his commands, then we know that the spirit is working in us. And that is what drives us in our personal walk with the Lord. Um, So how do we know if the spirit is 
alive in us then? That is the next question, and I'll just lay this out, and then maybe we can discuss it and move on. Also, David Guzik, give him a shout-out today. If you don't have the Enduring Word app, go check it out. <laughs> oh, is that where you get this? Uh, well, this, I got off Blue Letter Bible for my notes today, but the Enduring Word app is the same thing. It has all his commentary there. So We are not sponsored. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really awesome. It's, uh, it's great. But he, in his commentary on uh, Romans chapter 8, he breaks down, because it talks about all the Spirit in Romans chapter 8, and here's a little test that we can ask ourselves, four questions to see, is the Spirit at work in our lives to help us to grow? Um, number one, has the Spirit led you to Jesus? Right? Has the Holy Spirit led you to a place where you understand, I need Him, I need a personal relationship with Him to then embark on this journey of walking and growing with Him? That's number one. Number two, has the Spirit put in you a desire to honor Jesus? Do I have a desire to live for Him? Right? We, uh, we know we're not going to do it perfectly, but do I have that desire to want to honor Jesus with my life? Number three, is the Spirit leading you to be more like Jesus? Do I have a desire to look at Him, to read His Word, and to pattern my life after Him? As John said in 1 John chapter 2 there, as I just read, do I have a desire to walk as He walked? And then finally, is the Spirit at work in my heart? Is there conviction right in my life? Um, do I have that desire to want to grow and to grow past those things um, that don't please the Lord? So... We have to first taste and understand and, and be saved before we can begin that journey to walking with him. I think that's important to lay out before we move on. Yeah, so if you find yourself saying, <clears throat> those things are true of me, then it's all it's kind of almost just beginning. Like sometimes we might look at the Christian life and say, oh, that's all true, so like I'm good. But the point of this whole season is now there are levels to your growth now that that's you know, your starting point. And I think we want to take... Uh, some things that Jesus said and begin framing that this individual apprehension of your own walk with him is really important for you to even experience those levels of growth. And thankfully, Chris Lieberman is here with us today to read that passage. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 27, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father and his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. And here we see Jesus's command to us not to have a collective walk with the Lord, not for the body of believers to be pursuing him, but for each of us to individually decide, I'm going to have my own walk with the Lord. And that's where Christian maturity comes into play is we all have to make that decision, not, um, I'm going to join a church, not I'm going to be a part of the Christian community, but am I going to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow Jesus? And really, the verses Josh just read, you know, and particularly where it says, that if we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, I think that's the only lasting motivation that's going to allow us to have that individual walk with the Lord. If we're doing, if our whole walk with the Lord is based out of duty or obligation or something like that, eventually that's that's not going to sustain you because when 
it gets tough. And when you have to deny yourself and take up your cross, if you're doing it out of duty, that's not going to sustain you. It's only when we've tasted and seen the Lord is good that we're going to be able to follow through with that denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following him. Yeah, I think when we start talking about reaching maturity, moving on into maturity, one of the things you immediately realize is how individual this really is. And so we picked this as the second episode because it seems to almost be the gateway that leads into all the other things we're going to talk about. So you notice, like Chris, for instance, in Matthew 16, the singular language there, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, let her deny herself. Jesus is using individual language there, speaking to crowds of people. And so he's going to bring that to a focus on each individual so they can think, have I done that? I was thinking of John chapter 3. The language of birth that Jesus uses there as he's speaking to Nicodemus. Not to say something overly obvious, Captain Obvious here. Birth is an incredibly individual experience. Like you, you go through that, and that, no, you can't be born as a group. Groups of people are not, it's not group birth. I guess maybe twins. I just ruined my metaphor. But still, you're, <laughs> you're going through it. And so the question spiritually is, would be to to anyone listening, to anyone who's thinking through these things, have I undergone that experience? It's possible a lot of us in uh, that are connected to the young adults group have. We would hope that most of us have, but it's still a it's a first thing. Have I have I personally undergone that? When times are hard and people join themselves up to groups of Christians because they like the community or they need some positivity in their life or they begin to listen to K-Love because it makes them feel better than the other radio stations. And it does. And it does. <laughs> well done. It has, We're not sponsored by K-Love. <laughs> no, definitely not. K-Love. It's important for each person who's connected to the things that make Christianity attractive to say to themselves, mm-hmm. have I personally undergone this spiritual transformation? That's part of what I think David Guzik's getting at. The next step, though, and if we're using maturity as not really a metaphor, as a reality, would be, am I personally experiencing the growth that someone experiences after they've been born? And maybe this is where it begins to apply to more people that are listening to this podcast. Yeah. Am I personally, for instance, Josh, you mentioned, Guzik's mentioned in Keeping the Commands of God. Here's a great question to examine my maturity, as especially for people that are moving out of teenage years into their 20s, on deeper into their 20s. Do I personally keep the commands of God? Sometimes we can leave it up to other Christians to keep the commands of God. We can think that our pastors are going to keep the commands of God, or that spiritual brother or sister that has been a mentor to us is going to keep the commands of God, or our parents, if you have Christian parents, not all of you do. But a way to know that I'm stepping into maturity is, do I personally keep Christ's commands? Have I thought about them, prayed over them? Uh, I'm not saying, am I perfect? Maturity and perfection are not the same thing, although they're related concepts. But in terms of moving on into maturity, that would be one thing to think about. Yeah, and as we walk with Jesus and get to know him more in our personal relationship with him, to go back to what you said, Chris, I don't want to scare anyone today. Like, As a Christian, if you are saved, you can go, and I've done this, you can go through seasons where 
you are just trying to follow Christ in your flesh because it maybe it does feel like it's out of duty. We go through those seasons, but ultimately we have to come back to, Jesus said, those who love me will keep my commandments. Our motivation comes out of our personal relationship with him that we tasted and seen that he is good. Our motivation to obey his commandments has to come out of that, like Brian, you said, our personal relationship with him. And sometimes, not sometimes, daily, we have to come back to the cross and ask the Lord to show us more of him and to give us that motivation to continue to walk and to grow in um, obeying his commands. Yeah, maturity is not a product of duty. It's a product of love. And in terms of the individual aspect of maturity, I was thinking before we began recording, we were talking. An important thing to say might be, as I mature in the Christian life, I'm going to take personal ownership of my walk with Christ, as is indicated by these scriptures and a lot of others. So, for instance, I can't depend on what would be some some classic categories. My parents walk with Jesus. So, if you grew up in a Christian house, not all of us did, but if you did, one aspect of maturity is, you know, when you're 10, when you're 6, maybe when you're 14, you're still kind of riding on your parents' coattails, but you begin... To, Somewhere past those years, you begin to say, no, I read scripture. I keep the commands of Jesus. I talk to my friends about Jesus. I resist temptation because because I'm a follower of Christ. I believe in Jesus, not just my parents, not my family. Or maybe it's your church, your youth group, and you begin to say, no, it's not just because I'm part of this group. I think in our day and age, you guys can tell me what you think about this. I think there's even a couple more aspects of it. Some people have experienced Christianity because they went to something like a passion conference, or they did they did get into a big sort of group of believers or a college ministry, something where it was a group experience. And I think our society right now is majoring on the power of group experiences. Some people, all they ha- their main connection to really feeling, al- feeling alive is being part of some big group. You see, this with online communities that people feel most alive when they're connected to their online community. And we'll talk as the season progresses about the maturity of being involved in the group experience of Christianity, which is called the body of Christ. But first, we have to say, maturing in Christ is not that I went to this passion conference or that I was part of this big group experience and I experienced the power of it, but that I personally experienced the power of Christianity alone or out in the world with other people as an individual. Or here would be another thing. Um, So many people, their connection to spirituality is scrolling through an Instagram feed and reading inspiring Bible verses on nice graphics. And so they experience, again, sort of an online Christian community. And they'll even say, we talked about this in our personal devotions episode last season, uh, you know, I spend my time with the Lord, you know, on Instagram. I watch a couple YouTube videos. I would say that the way this aspect of maturity likes is beginning to, or looks like, is beginning to pull to not feed off those kinds of online group experiences, not need those things to prop up my spiritual life, but me and the Word of God and the Spirit of God in prayer and obedience, thats that would be a owning my spiritual life individually, having my own walk with Jesus and not getting it you know, through a screen or through that sort of thing. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, and unfortunately, 
uh, stories we hear a lot now in our culture are of people who get soured on the church, right? And they leave their they leave their faith or they start questioning. And you know, I'm not judging people. I don't know if they're saved or not, but I would have to ask. Maybe that could be the evidence in a person's life who, like you're saying, Brian, their Christian experience has been mainly about the the church and the people and the community like that's everything and maybe there's not really much happening in their own personal relationship with the lord time in prayer time in the word because if there is a mature christian would say okay the something is wrong here in this church but i know this is not representative of who god is or what his word says and can be mature enough to say maybe i need to find uh, a new church or something not i just need to leave my faith altogether or we talked about this maybe sometimes these issues that you're seeing in a church community are actually not as big as you're making them and you need to be mature and work through them and commit and make it through you know we'll say the storm or things that you're struggling with there um but that's only going to happen if you have an individual ownership of your walk with Christ because he's asking you to commit. So because of that, you say, okay, I'm going to press in. We're going to see where this goes. But if there's no, if there's none of that, then you can easily. And I'm going to obey that because I love him. Yeah. If a scandal in the Christian community, if something that rocks my church undoes my faith and I can't follow Jesus anymore, that's probably an indication that I hadn't matured in terms of my my spiritual walk being my own. I'm not saying, look, if something goes down in your church that's difficult, I'm not saying it's not going to rock you. It might throw you off balance for a little while. But at some point, a maturing Christian life is going to go, No matter, and this is what you're saying, Josh, no matter what happens, I walk with Jesus. I follow Jesus. This is about me and Jesus and who he wants to join me to. Yeah, I think if I could offer one other thing, I think as someone who did grow up in Christian world as a pastor's kid, it can be a danger to your maturity by a temptation, like you said, Brian, to ride on the spiritual momentum of other people, right? Um, I grew up going to Christian school my whole life, so I'm around the Bible all the time. Another thing I think is a real danger to our maturity and our relationship with the Lord and walking with Him is our propensity toward comparing ourselves to other people, mm-hmm. right? I think, well, I'm not doing the really bad things. I'm not living like that person. Therefore, I feel secure in my walk with the Lord, or I feel secure in the Christian life that I'm living. Rather, I should feel secure in the in my walk with the Lord because of my relationship with Him, because I love Him, because of the time I'm spending with Him. And I know there's been periods in my Christian walk, especially young growing up in, in the Christian world where I felt like I'm doing pretty good because I'm not doing what those people are doing, but it should have been, well, 
I'm walking with the Lord and I'm spending time with him and like that's what matters most. Right, that's owning your own walk with Jesus. He is the standard. He's the comparison. And your connection to him. Maturity looks like, or a growing in maturity looks like an intensifying, the word I keep wanting to use is congealing, solidifying. It becomes more real, my personal connection to Christ and therefore my walk with him is my life of obedience that flows out of that connection. And so you're right, Josh, it's not me reading off other people and then deciding how I feel. It's how am I doing with Jesus personally? And I think, you know, we see in this Matthew passage, this is a commitment. This isn't just a decision you make. It's a commitment. And in a culture that very much pushes away commitment, how can I live the most low commitment life? It's not just, you know, I've decided to follow him, but it's I'm denying myself. I'm taking up my cross. I'm willing to literally, it says, lose my life in order to save it. And then, uh, you know, in verse 27, you see your chief concern, which is it says that the son of man will come and glory with his father and with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his reward. So it's that Christian maturity that steps out and says that what I'm playing, placing the highest priority on is not um, the here, the now. It's my walk with the Lord is now worth whatever cost I might have to make. And so maybe, you know, a good litmus test for this is has walking with Jesus caused me to have to deny myself? Has it caused me to have to take up my cross? Have I had to give anything up? And maybe maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a short time and you just haven't happened to be in a scenario where you were forced to give something up or forced to deny yourself in any way. But then you maybe ask the question, well, but if I was in that scenario, would I be willing? This is a high commitment. This is a big, mature decision that you have to make. So we've said that we we find maturity growing in us as we find things really individualizing for us. So birth, then we've talked about walking and moving for keeping the commands of Christ, the things you were just talking about, Chris. It occurs to me that this, uh, I'll say, picture of the Christian life keeps progressing. When you read something like the beginning of Galatians chapter 6, He says, brethren, Paul says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Notice all the individual language. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. Birth, walking, and then an ability to actually know yourself and and bear weight. So, you know, that's right. You have little kids and they learn to walk. They're way beyond where they were as a baby. They were born as a baby. Now they can individually themselves walk around. But it's still a while before you can load that kid up with a burden to bear. Mm-hmm. So my sons are old enough now. I can, they can carry the heavy bags from the grocery store. That's coming what I'm talking out of the, about. Right? And in a few more years, they'll be able to bear wheel, uh, wheel, real weight. <laughs> they will be able to bear real weight. Maturity is language. So maturity is, spiritually, is the same thing. Can I bear my own load? Some of us are still at 18, 19, 25. 
we're still throwing our loads on other people. That's a good point. But but Paul says maturity is bearing your own load, and that and that gets actually brought up a lot in the New Testament. Um, it it comes out in all kinds of ways. Romans two, Paul says, the Lord will render to each one according to his own work. Um, in First Corinthians three, each will receive wages according to his own labor. First uh, Corinthians four, each one will receive his condemnation. Or sorry, not condemnation, commendation, his reward from God. There's an owning of your life before God, where you say, you know, in the end, the final step of the individualizing of this is that I'm going to stand before Christ and receive my personal evaluation, reward. And so am I bearing my load now? Am I maturing to the point where I can carry the things God's given me to carry, right? And then, and this is what's pretty cool. Individual maturity doesn't make me isolated. And we'll see this more as we go on in this season. And you know this, if you progressed at all in the Christian life, you might actually be like, but wait, there's more to this story. And there is, because Paul doesn't say only that each one will bear his own load. He also says uh, that we should be able to bear one another's burdens. So maturity looks like I carry the things God's given me to carry by the power of the Spirit. I have my own walk with Jesus. I personally keep the commands of Christ. I'm not feeding off some nebulous community or some group experience solely. I'm I'm feeding individually off the Spirit of Christ. So I carry my own burden, and then I'm actually able to reach out and help other people carry their burdens too. Not only am I not throwing my burdens on other people, I'm reaching out and I'm going, can I help you with that? Can I help carry? So God loads me with my personal weight, and then he says, you know, your brother needs you to help you, he needs him. He needs you to help him carry twenty pounds of the weight I've given him to carry too. And you go okay, and you go over. And in maturity, you have the strength to help other people too. I wonder uh, what that would mean in our, especially in our culture today, where so much of the vernacular is like we all have to be in this together to fill in the blank, like fight social injustice, fix hunger, um, reform, and change all of the systems that are messed up but it's a bunch of people that haven't actually borne their own burden yet. And yet they're being told, bear the world's burdens, bear a whole culture's burdens. Yeah. I, I think that might be why, you know, so we see at the start of Galatians six, he talks about bearing one another's burdens, but that's then based on the ability to bear your own burden. So it's almost like if you're not able to bear your own burdens, what business do you have bearing one another's burdens? But the mature Christian is mature enough to not only bear his own burden, but then help others, you know, just as, you know, Brian, I'm sure growing up as a dad, you, at first, you were able to bear the things that you needed to bear. And if you needed to help, you know, your boys carry something, you could do that too. And gradually over time, as they mature, they are then able to bear their burdens on their own. And then hopefully one day your boys will be helping other people with their burdens. Yes.
think that that our culture pushes us to group experience only as a symptom of an emptiness inside. So we come of age in modern America and what do people have to fill their souls and let them know who they are as individuals? Well, if you don't have the spirit of God and the fellowship and the koinonia of God and, and closeness with your creator through Jesus Christ himself, you have to go seek that, what we're seeing now, in some group experience. And so our culture for decades preached individualism. We thought we were the, we thought we were the consummate individuals in terms of where we come as a culture. But what has it devolved into? It's devolved into no one knows who they are. And so everyone is finding themselves either in large in-person group experiences or, like we said, online communities where they're not even actually geographically connected to these people. They've never even met half these people. Half these people don't even speak their language, and yet this is where they find their meaning and their identity. And so while God, again, absolutely has a large family to plug every human being into, first, he meets them in their heart individually through his spirit, and he births them and encourages them and strengthens them and grows them, uh, I want to say alone, personally, from within, you receive the things you need. And it makes you someone who's strong for your own burdens, as we're saying, and then even for other people's. I almost wonder if it's part of the enemy's tactic to have us lose ourselves in group experience apart from the church and apart from Christ so that one day when humans stand before God, they'll say, well, the church screwed this up or that social activist group didn't, didn't work. So like, why am I going to be accountable for that? Like you, you losing yourself in the group can officially blame the group. And now you've lost the ability to know, like, it's going to be God having me answer for me. We're only ever used to answering for everybody else. We answer for the police. We answer for the oppressed groups. We answer for the church. We answer for go, go ahead and make a list. But when you stand before the Lord, you will answer for you. And it, it almost seems um, fitting that the enemy would say, no, it's not about you. It's about the whole thing. Just always be involved in the big, large thing. So that way you never even think about your own sin or your own stuff. Second Corinthians 5.10. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he, I think Paul would say, or she has done in the body, whether good or evil. So I'm born alone. I, am, I meet God as an individual creation of his. I'm redeemed by personally placing faith in the blood of Jesus Christ who was shed for me. I live by him growing me personally, and again, I end up, I think, alone. I, I don't, we don't see any group judgment in scriptures. We don't see God saying, and now this class of people come before me for me to pass judgment on you based on your involvement in this class. It seems that we stand there alone, and we receive commendation or judgment, whatever, from the Lord based on... <laughs> based on our connection to him. And again, as we're saying, firstly, have I received the grace and free forgiveness of Jesus Christ? But isn't it interesting? I have to receive that as an individual. And so, yeah, part of maturity is resisting this push of our culture to lose ourselves in a group, to be a droplet in the ocean, and to see that God has made me as an individual, son of Adam, daughter of Eve, 
and I'm going to answer to him as such, and I want to walk with him that way. I'd just say, too, one really simple way that that will make us look different in a culture that encourages us to act in a certain way is Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And what is the first thing he says that is an evidence of this reality of this personal relationship you have with the Lord to live it out? The first thing he charges the Philippians to do is do all things without complaining and disputing. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that a, something we see encouraged in our culture so much? I mean, have we seen people complaining, disputing everywhere? And the first thing in our individual relationship, working out our salvation, living it out, he says, don't complain or dispute. That's that's an evidence of a personal relationship because only the Holy Spirit can help us not do those things in an effective way yes. and in a way that preaches Christ to the world. And I think two two more practical things that show that we're maturing in this area of individual responsibility. And I would just say taking initiative and owning responsibility. It, you know, initiative is when I is when I say, no one's doing this. Oh, wait, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And responsibility is when someone says, no one's taking care of this. And I say, I'm going to take care of it. It's when the Lord in me stirs me up. And we see this all through scripture. You go, Gideon. No, you go, right? Nehemiah, you go all over and over and over again. Jesus says, what is that to thee? You follow me. Mm. So initiative and then re- initiative is that is that first getting up and going and responsibility is that carrying on where, no, I'll bear that burden. That I will pick that up. I will help that person. I will do this. I will be the one that walks with Jesus. Sometimes we get so discouraged with well, nobody's walking with Jesus. And I think the Lord's like, will you walk with Jesus? Right. Yeah. Work out your own salvation. Yes. Live it out. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, yeah, I think that we have uh, we've at least begun to look at it. And what I think is great is our plan, Lord willing, is to now begin to really examine this uh, in in individual aspects of the Christian life. So, looking forward to continuing our conversation with you guys. See you next week on the Earpods, Apple Pods. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>